and love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Our program is sponsored by Living Water Church, located at 69 Industrial Road in Wainscott, under the leadership of Pastor Joe Kelly and his lovely wife, Margaret Kelly. Sunday services are at 10 a.m. with a pre-service prayer meeting at 9.30 a.m. Pastor Joe invites you to come and be refreshed. For more information, please call 631-537-2120. That's 631-537-2120. Let's talk about marriage. This is Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry inviting you to call us today if you want prayer for your marriage. We pray for the healing of marriages, especially those in crisis. We have faith that God can heal marriages because God healed ours after seven years of divorce. Gary Chapman, the author of The Five Love Languages, said this about Love Savers Ministry. And let me encourage you in what you're doing because I think these kind of shows which deal with really nitty-gritty stuff in relationships Uh and really help the listeners. So we're here to help. Call us today at 631-604-6397. That's 631-604-6397. Or email us at lovesavers1 at aol.com. Our website is lovesaversministry.com. And remember, love never fails. Is your marriage the best it could be? Our guest author today is Dr. Neil Anderson. His new book, Setting Your Marriage Free, will open the way to discover and enjoy your freedom in Christ together as a couple. Setting Your Marriage Free gives biblical insights and practical helps for any marriage, whether it's healthy, in trouble, or disastrous. This book is great to use personally or to share in a Bible study at your local church. Sandy talks with Dr. Anderson today about his new book, Setting Your Marriage Free. Let's listen. Hi, Dr. Anderson. Hello. Tonight, we're going to discuss Setting Your Marriage Free that you co-authored with Dr. Charles Mylander, Discover and Enjoy Your Freedom in Christ Together. And um, you have written other best-selling books on spiritual freedom, including Victory Over the Darkness and The Bondage Breaker. And uh, we feel so fortunate that this one focuses on that um, spiritual freedom as far as marriage. And we'd like to ask... Why do you think marriage as God intended is more than a civil union of two people? Well, unfortunately, our country is moving more and more that way. And, uh, and yet, from the very beginning, the two shall become one, and you can only become one in Christ. And uh, that is not a civil union, that is a spiritual union. And so, you know, the whole assault that we're experiencing today 
on marriage is just really disappointing. Um, and frankly, in, in history, it is just totally new. There have been periods of time when you people have had uh, multi-spouses and whatever else, but not what we're experiencing today. And so marriage, for some reason, is really under assault. A lot of kids today aren't even uh, choosing to get married. They're just choosing to live together and make no commitment. So, uh, wow. And when that there's happens, 50, it's usually 50% don't make it when there's cohabitation, right? Oh, of course not. There's, yeah. there's no commitment to it. Yeah. I always tell people when they get married, I say, this is, this is a commitment. What makes marriage unique is commitment. We're commanded to love everybody. So love and romance kind of have a tendency to come and go. But I think God works primarily in our lives through committed relationships. The intention is hang in there and grow up. Right. You know, I like that word, grow up. <laughs> right. If, if we understood that, I mean, well, you've got to learn to forgive and to be kind and to be patient, if not in the context of committed relationships. So, And I think we're just losing that. And all of a sudden, people are getting married today and say, well, if it doesn't work, we can always get divorced. Well, what's the chance of that marriage making it? It's going to be almost zero, I would guess, because as soon as the tough times come, they bail. Right. And, um, and the point of it is, and going back to what I said earlier, I said, I think what we need to do is to understand that God is working primarily in my life, that I would conform to the image of God, and I, I'm going to learn that. I always tell people, I said, there's two major convictors in my life. I said, one is the Holy Spirit, and the other one is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and uh, sometimes one wins out over the other, but... but uh, but you know what? You you can't be a phony at home, and I think we need to over. We can't overlook that. I, I can't. I could con somebody. I can go out and tell you I've got a great life and I'm a good person, but I can't con my wife and my kids, and uh, they'll see right through that. And so I think, in one sense, you're living in a fishbowl in terms of your own family. But the point is, is that if you understand it properly, that's exactly where God wants you. And in that context is where you're going to really learn to grow and to love one another. And if we don't learn it there, we won't learn it out in society, I can tell you that. Right. There are more resources today to help troubled marriages than ever before, and yet marriages continue to struggle. Why do you think that's the case? Well, if you think about it, never in the history of the Church or, frankly, of humanity has there been a greater effort to save the marriages, arguably the most successful radio ministry of all time is focused on the family. Um, books dominate our bookshelves, and, and if we're honest with ourselves, how we're doing? And the answer is, we're actually getting worse. Now, there's nothing wrong with those programs or books, but I think what has happened, and it's so subtle we don't see it, is that we just simply left Christ out of it. And so we end up in kind of a psychological answer, well, if you would just do this, and if you would do that, and you'd be better this, and if you would try that, and it's a very behavioralistic approach to living. And, and frankly, the law never has worked and it never will work. We have to get back into a, a relationship with God. You can't save a marriage if one of the two is all tore up inside and, and uh, has got issues that they've never resolved. And so what I argue is you have to have individual freedom first before you can have corporate freedom. Right. And same thing for our churches. You've got a church full of bad marriages. You've got a bad church. The, the whole can't be greater than the sum of its parts. And so when I look at somebody and they come up and they tell me about their marriage, and I say, forget your marriage. You can't even along with your dog right now. I mean, you're, yeah. You're just 
hammering away at each other. And I said, come to my conference and find out who you are in Christ yourself. Resolve your own personal issues. I haven't even talked about marriage, and they walk out hand in hand. But we're trying to get people to act like a, how, a husband or a wife, and we explain their role relationships, and I said, it's just behavioralism, and it doesn't really work. And it hasn't worked since the fall. And so, you know, I can't argue enough how important it is to establish individuals first, alive and free in Christ, then they can function together as a husband and as a wife. Uh, you know, it sounds so simple, but yet it's so overlooked. And so we keep trying to repair the marriage when, frankly, the individual parts are broken. Right. What are the major issues that threaten marriages and families, would you say? Oh, well, gosh, I mean, I think they're actually increasing every day with the Internet and texting and, oh, yeah. and the almost depersonalization of society. You know, I just was reflecting to somebody else today. I said, my daughter and her husband and my kids came out for Christmas. And we're all sitting in one room, and every one of them had their iPhones. We're texting somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to grab every one of them and say, hey, hey, we're all here together. Let's enjoy the moment. Right. But, uh, so, but I, I just think there's um, a, a lack of commitment going into it, a lack of understanding, a lack of unresolved issues. I mean, if people have had multiple sexual partners and then all of a sudden they get married, I said, do you think that's going to affect their marriage? I said, absolutely yes. it is. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we've got all these damaged people thinking somehow or another, if I get married, it'll solve the problem when marriage exposes the problem. And so, you know, we're going into marriage ill-equipped. And the sexual proliferation that we have today is just undermining our whole future for the intimate uh, kind of a relationship that I think God wanted to have between the husband and the wife. That's a major one. What can we do, do you think, to resolve marital conflicts, in your opinion? Well, it's interesting because I, the focus of our ministry is, I mean, I, I spent 10 years at, at seminary teaching, and I went there, having left the pastorate, uh, knowing there were people who had problems I didn't have adequate answers for. And so my primary focus initially was to help get people through some kind of a conflict resolution, both physical and spiritual. And, uh, and that, that eventually came out in uh, a book called Discipleship Counseling. And uh, and the essence of that was the fact that it wasn't just me sitting there talking to another person or trying to help them. We were doing that in the context of an omnipresent God. And I always try to explain that to people. If somebody comes to see me, they're an inquirer, I'm an encourager. and uh, But God is always there, and there's a role that God and only God can play in that person's life. And if I try to play that role, I'm going to screw it up every time. And so I look to explain it like a triangle, and God is at the top of that triangle. And every side of that triangle is a relationship. The most important one for me, obviously, is my own personal relationship with God. And it's very important how I relate to the person that I'm dealing with. But what are we trying to accomplish? I'm trying to help that person get reconciled to God. And the only way you can do that is through repentance and faith, according, I think, to what Jesus said, repent and believe. Right. And uh, and what you end up with is a ministry of reconciliation. Yes. And that has proven to be incredibly fruitful. It's just bearing fruit all over the world right now uh, of, uh, of getting out of this purely psychological what was, things that we borrowed from the world and include Christ in the process. 
Well, we started to see God right in front of us change people, set them free. Then I started to think, I wonder if that would work in terms of a relationship. What if we sat two together in the presence of God and allowed God to be God in each of their lives? What would happen? And, uh, boy, when we first tried that, <laughs> I was blown away by what uh-huh. happened. It was absolutely amazing. It was, uh, but unfortunately, almost all of our marriage counseling today is, is go learn these principles or go to this workshop, and it's just you trying harder. Right. But if we can bring God into the process, I mean, even in Ephesians, you're not even sure what he's talking about right now. Is he talking about marriage or is he talking about the church? It, it, it's such a close resemblance that the, bod, the, the church itself is a bride of Christ, and when he talks yes. about marriage, he, he talks about it in the same kind of a context. Uh-huh. And so the, the point I'm trying to make, if you really want to set your marriage free, the individuals have to be free. In order to accomplish either one of those, God has to be present because we can't do it. It's humanly impossible. But if we bring God into the process, watch what happens. And uh, Miracles. You know, it was really interesting because the number one rule in our little process of setting your marriage free is that you cannot deal with your spouse's issue. And if you violate that rule, the whole thing breaks down. And I said, that is the hardest rule anybody has to follow. Right. Because immediately you want to say, hey, Bozo, why aren't you dealing with your stuff? Right, you know right. Get out of the way and let God, you know. It's, um, you say, well, what if they won't deal with it? Well, if they won't deal with it, the problem really isn't the marriage. The problem is, is an issue with God. And uh, that's why I'm saying if you can establish individual freedom first, then establishing corporate freedom is not that hard. Right. If you reverse that, it doesn't work. And uh, and that's why I see it not working. And and I think if we're just honest with ourselves, there's a wonderful material out there and what a marriage should be and whatever else. But if God isn't part of the process, I just don't see the kind of fruit that, that we can potentially have. Right. What does make for a great marriage, in your opinion? Well, what makes it great is romance. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you know... True love. Right. You know, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm um, twice a day, I go down and visit my wife. She's in skilled nursing. Oh. She's got agitated dementia. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I just want to say this to you, and I want to say it publicly. I am more in love with my wife right now than I've ever been in my life. Well, you know, and Gary so- Thomas, uh, who we recently interviewed, said that your wife is the Lord's baby girl, and she's his baby girl, whether she has dementia or cancer or is 70 or 20, she's his baby girl. And he feels the same way as you. And I think that's just so wonderful to hear that, that kind of commitment, and that is true love. Well, you know, we've been married almost uh, 49 years, uh-huh. and uh, he's the love of my life. We've gone through a lot together. Uh, this started three years ago for me, and uh, actually I just finished, I, I don't even know if I'm going to publish it. I, I, it probably will because it's a very tender thing about, about the power of presence, of what it means for my wife just to walk into that room. But the kind of love I'm talking about right now is so different because when I first saw Joanne, at a college dorm across the room. I mean, classy lady. I was attracted to her. You know, there was, uh-huh. she was feminine, and and um, but that's what she did for me. That's what I liked. And uh, and I said 
and now she can't do anything for me. And, you know, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you, Jesus? So the kind right. of agape love we're talking about here is remarkably different. But let me illustrate it in terms of a child. Yes. When my first was born, little Heidi, I'm telling you, I wanted to hug her and kiss her and hold her and protect her. And you kind of go, Why? I mean, she had absolutely no personality. She crabbed about everything. She pooped in her pants, spit up on me when I burped her. I mean, she gave nothing back to me. Right. And, uh, except grief for a while, you know. And, and, uh, and yet, you just loved her. Yeah. And, uh, and right now, I said, I'm preparing myself for a new kind of aloneness when I do leave her, lose her. But the only thing that brightens my wife's day is when I walk through that door. So how can I stay away? It's, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to hang on to life here because we've talked about this at length. Uh, her dad died of dementia years ago, and we're not uh-huh. going to go through what he went through. And and uh, But I don't want her to stay here one moment longer than the Lord wants to, but I'm not hurrying it either. And uh, my job right now is to love my wife as Christ loves the church. And, uh, and I'm certainly not going to abandon her because my Lord is not going to abandon me. So that's my job right now. I've got a global ministry. I stay connected by internet, but I don't travel, and wow. uh, and I don't because my wife needs me to. And uh, I think we need to go into marriage with that kind of a commitment. Uh, I can't imagine deferring that to somebody else. Would you go down and see my wife for me? That's oh, right. Really good. Right, right. <laughs> that, that doesn't work, folks. You know, or you know, somebody else take my wife out right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's my wife. We're one in Christ, and um, and we've gone through a lot together, and we're going to finish together. That's wonderful. You know, it makes me um, uh, want to look at one of your prayers. You give us these wonderful prayers and discussions at the end of your chapters, and um, this one uh, especially... I enjoyed the prayer of commitment by husband and wife. And I just want to read it before I leave you, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for your grace, truth, love, power, forgiveness, and blessings in Christ. We can love each other because you first loved us. We can forgive because you have been forgiven. And we can accept one another just as you have accepted us. We desire nothing more than to know and do your will. We ask for your divine guidance and protection during this time of seeking freedom in our marriage. We give ourselves emotionally to you and each other and ask you to free us so that we can share from our hearts. We Buckle on the belt of your truth, put on the breastplate of your righteousness, and commit ourselves to the gospel of peace. We hold up the shield of faith and stand against the flaming arrows of the enemy. We commit ourselves to take every thought captive. In obedience to you, we put on the helmet of salvation, which assures us of your forgiveness, your life, and our freedom in you. 
we put off the old self and put on the new self that is being renewed in your image. We take the sword of the Spirit, the spoken word of God, to defend ourselves against the father of lies. We acknowledge our dependence on you and understand that apart from you, we can do nothing. In your last paragraph, we pray that you will grant us genuine repentance and living faith. We desire our marriage to become a beautiful picture of your relationship with us. We ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lead us unto all truth and set us free in Christ. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I like that. Thank (laughs) you for that, Dr. Anderson. That was wonderful as all the prayers that you shared with us in all the steps of becoming free. And we're going to say goodbye for now, and God bless you for sharing with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. We highly recommend setting your marriage free. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. Bye for now. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to another Love Savers Radio broadcast brought to you by Living Water Church located in Wainscott. We want to let you know that Love Savers is available to pray for your marriage. We've seen God heal many marriages in crisis. You can call us at 631-604-6397. That's 631-604-6397. Or you can write to us at lovesavers1 at aol.com. That's lovesavers with the number one at aol.com. You can also go to our website, lovesaversministry.com, and listen to some of the other interviews with best-selling Christian authors on the subject of love, marriage, and relationships. Love Savers seeks to enrich, encourage, strengthen, and bring healing to family relationships. We pray for marriages, especially marriages in crisis. We believe that when we understand the meaning of the marriage covenant, we will understand God's eternal purpose for His church. Once again, our phone number for prayer is 631-604-6397, or you can write to us at lovesavers1 at aol.com, or go to our website, www.lovesaversministry.com. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you touch every marriage, every listener to this radio station with the power of your love. We pray for every marriage in crisis and believe that when we ask, we receive from you. We pray for unity in families and a passion for your presence in the lives of those who are followers of Christ. Father, bless every listener with your grace to do the whole will of God. In the wonderful and precious name of Jesus, we pray. Remember, love never fails. Be blessed.
the Lord. 